the vast majority of people who need us have never heard of us, don't know anything like this exists. And so our biggest challenge is finding them and making them aware there is a solution. Welcome to the Shio.World podcast, where you will meet women who are transforming the world to be more equitable and sustainable. Your host for today's podcast is the founder of Shio, Vicki Saunders. Welcome to Shio.World. Welcome today, Deborah and Sonia. So good to have you. So good to be here. Thank you so much, Vicki. We're so excited about your venture, uh, and we can't wait to introduce you to the larger CEO community and all the people that listen to this podcast. So I don't know who wants to start, uh, but tell us, first of all, I'll just start. Sonia, tell us who you are um, and where this idea came from, and then Deborah will have you introduce right after. Absolutely. So I'm Sonia Ebron. I'm the chief executive at Courtroom 5. Uh, I am a native of Durham, North Carolina, uh, the company's uh, headquarters. Uh, I'm a PhD electrical engineer. My background is in utilities, energy utilities and artificial intelligence. Uh, but the company is in the legal space. I have no legal background at all other than mm-hmm. having been in court, having to deal with lawyers on my own. So that's sort of the genesis for what we're doing at Courtroom 5. Great. And Deborah? Uh, my name is Deborah Sloan. I'm the Chief Product Officer at Courtroom 5. And uh, I, I always say I'm a librarian at heart. And I've been a librarian uh, for 10 years. I taught it for 10 years. And uh, I have a passion for uh, content because of that librarian background. So uh, for me, Courtroom 5 fills a, a, a void in, uh, in my own uh, wanting to know uh, what people need. Um, and, and how they go about looking for information and how they use that information and in getting that information to them. So uh, Courtroom 5 is, uh, I, I just um, love being able, being a part of uh, Courtroom 5. Awesome. Uh, so before we go any farther, what is Courtroom 5? Sonia, tell, <laughs> tell us the thing. Courtroom 5 is an automated legal toolbox for people handling complex civil cases on their own, that is without a lawyer. Uh, It's not Judge Judy's court. These aren't traffic cases or small claims court. We've got folks handling medical malpractice claims, personal injury claims, their foreclosures. It's across the board. Oftentimes there's a lawyer on the other side ready to deny them an opportunity to be heard fairly uh, in court. And so courtroom five is just an effort to level the playing field so that you you can get a fair day in court whether you have a lawyer or not. And is this a big problem? This is a huge problem. Uh, There are uh, estimated 30 million people a year uh, representing themselves in civil court. And it is, you know, I mentioned some of the claim types, but it's really across the board. When you think about, you know, there are 4 million debt collection cases alone in the United States. And oftentimes these are for reasonably small amounts that ought to qualify for small claims court, but the debt collection bar has decided to take people in these cases to real court where they can use all sorts of technical procedures to deny people the ability to be heard. Uh, Millions of divorces, I mean, foreclosures, we're seeing a lot more of those now, contested bankruptcies, you name it, it's really across the board. Uh, Millions of people every day are at risk of losing their kids or having their uh, homes foreclosed just because they can't get a lawyer. And right. so that's the problem we're solving. One, one type of, uh, there are some cases that we, we don't handle, and those are uh, cases that are less complex, like small claim, 
cases, evictions, and um, uh, traffic ticket, but, but mostly because their uh, courtroom five is really based on uh, writing uh, litigation documents, going to court, appearing in court, getting a judgment, and going back and do it again. And uh, we just don't have the time uh, to do a small claims because it's just one day or traffic ticket because it's typically one court visit. And so there are some cases that we, we can't handle, but for the vast majority of complex cases that people are trying to fight on their own in court, hey, we got that. That's amazing. Okay, so and this is like also one of my favorite things about a lot of the ventures that get selected into this incredible community at CEO is, so how does a librarian at Tart and a PhD in electrical engineering and AI create like a legal toolbox? What? How did that happen? You know, it's interesting. We were talking today about why, you know, no one has done this before. It's such a huge market. People obviously willing to pay for a solution to these, these, these terrible uh, problems. Why has no one done this before? And when we started thinking about it, you know, first of all, you have to have the legal knowledge. Uh, and unfortunately, Deborah and I have had to be in court uh, dealing with lawyers. We've had experiences um, like those I mentioned, where we've had to fight a lawyer and learn the hard way in many cases how to navigate the civil justice system. But you have to have the legal knowledge. Secondly, though, and most importantly, you have to not be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, lawyers have been trained uh, to advocate for people. And I think there's a a psychological barrier, frankly, when they go to try to help people advocate for themselves. Uh, and so it's that interesting combination of having the legal knowledge, which Deborah and I do, uh, and not being lawyers. And thirdly, both of us have spent time uh, in academia. So we've seen the power of the right information at the right time turn into something that helps a person to be able to do something they weren't able to do before. Right. Yeah, so it's that it's that magical combination, I think, that, uh, you know, has enabled us to do this where, you know, you, you couldn't find that combination elsewhere. Yeah, that's that's so interesting, because oftentimes people think in order to innovate, you have to actually like be deeply in these things. And I um, I have like an amazing imagination for how to use finance. Uh, and I. Mm hate finance like yeah that it makes me crazy <laughs> all the rules make me crazy I think they're just like they just don't make sense um but having been a recipient of all these things so being in court seeing these things that's where I came up with the innovation so yeah there's a, there's a bit of a theme here sometimes around us solving the challenges that we face in front of us and having that fresh perspective that's right that's right exactly so do you have a a favorite story this is why we are here. This story is like exactly us. Do you have one of those from recently? Sonia, I love the way you tell the story about the 20 minutes. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, um, we had a case um, uh, years and years ago, Deborah and I together. By the way, Deborah and I have known each other for 23 years or 24 years or so. We've been married for 20 years here. So many of the cases that we've had have actually unfortunately been together. Uh, we've had to deal with these situations together. But um, so Deborah, um, Deborah and I had a case where we uh, lost and we appealed it, right? We took it to the appellate court because we thought it was so unfair. And the lawyers on the other side knew of a rule uh, where in that particular type of case, we didn't have a right to appeal after a seven day time limit. So generally when you go to appeal an order, you have 30 days to file a brief in the appellate court. 
In this particular type of case, we only had seven days, according to the law, right? And so we got an order from the appellate court saying, we're not gonna hear your case because you're past that seven day deadline. And uh, we got that and we were devastated because we knew we were in the right. Uh, and you know, we read it uh, and I told Deborah, look, we just, we need to give up. We, we're not gonna make this. There's nothing we, else we can say. Um, we need an order that says that seven day limit doesn't apply to us, right? Uh, there was a matter of property and possession of property involved. And Deborah said, you know what? Give me 20 minutes, all right? I'm going to find something for us. This is, this is a PhD librarian we're talking about here. She had the confidence to know that out of 240 years of case law, she'd be able to find something <laughs> to, to, to counteract what these appellate court judges had, had ordered. Uh, I, I went and took a nap at that point, because I knew she wasn't <laughs> gonna find it. I mean, there's, there's no way, right? <laughs> Absolutely no way. I got up three hours later, uh, went to the bathroom, which I do when I wake up, right? She knocks on the door and I said, what? She says, I've got it, okay? And sure enough, she found a, the one case in the history of humanity, all right? that was able to counter what these judges had said. It was a 50 year old case, probably hidden in the archives somewhere, all right? I don't know how she found it. We wrote up a simple one page um, response to this and said, you need to reconsider that because we've got case law that says you're wrong. Sure enough, they did. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> they overturned their own decision and said, you know, we're wrong. You had plenty of time. We're going to hear your case. And sure enough, they did. So this is what uh, a PhD librarian brings to, to what right. we're doing. This is the reason Deborah is the, the chief uh, chief product officer at Court. Wow, because there is so much research in law, right? You have to go back, find the precedent. Um, yes. What is the hardest part of doing what you're doing? Like, what is the real struggle with us? Yeah. Well, let me take that one, too, because I think yeah. Deborah's got her own uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, mi millions of challenges. But for me, um, as, as the chief executive, I always think back to what Henry Ford said. You know, uh, if you'd asked people during the horse and buggy era uh, what they wanted in transportation, they would have said, we want faster horses, <laughs> right? And he didn't do that. He built something with four wheels and a steering, uh, four tires and a steering wheel and just completely ignored the customers. We have to do that every day. And this is one of the big challenges between Deborah uh, and me. She always wants to do what the customer says. Yeah. And I have to look at what the environment is that we're operating and try to go beyond that. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges we have is to look at what customers are actually experiencing. Uh, and what we know they're going to experience and try to build, uh, build there rather than what they want. I, probably the biggest, <laughs> the hardest, one of the hardest things for me is I, uh, I was a public librarian for those 10 years. And it's really difficult for me to sell something that I feel should be free. And uh, I'm a content person. I get all this wonderful information and I just want to share it with everybody. And uh, Sonia's like, we need to put that behind the paywall. And so, <laughs> and so that's, that, that creates a little uh, frustration on my part, but it, it's really hard. So uh, in the years that we've uh, put this company together and, and uh, we've advanced with this company, it's, it's, um, I'm learning that, um, that I'm learning the money thing. And it's, it's, it, that's been quite difficult for me. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, when you see it, this is a really interesting moment in time because we see so many injustices around us. And like there's this constant question of should you be making money off somebody's, you know, off this unjust, like inequitable systems and the barriers and systemic structures that we have. And so there's there's a tension there. Right. It, there is. Yeah, there is. You know, and I think Deborah and I, um, you know, we both would give this away if we could. Um, but we've got 30 million people to reach. You know, the vast majority of people who need us have never heard of us, don't know anything like this exists. And so our biggest challenge is finding them and making them aware there is a solution, you know, to what you're experiencing. And that unfortunately takes money. Yeah. So where are you right now? What's the state of the business and uh, what's coming next? Ah, yes. So we released our uh, MVP in the startup uh, language, a minimum viable product in late January. We've been tinkering with a lesser quality product for a good while, trying to understand the problem and the solution. We think we've nailed it. We released it in January. Uh, We're building a sales engine on the front of it now that we expect to uh, take us up and to the right, as they say, very quickly. And so we're at, we're in the middle of launch uh, on the right on the line of being able to launch now uh, to that larger market and start building some traction. Uh, we are fundraising uh, as well. Uh, so in fact, we've got a, uh, an angel round we're hoping to close this month uh, and just ready to start building and, and, and meeting the need uh, in this market. And are you, uh, is there a specific geography you're starting with? We are nationwide. nationwide. We've already served people uh, in every jurisdiction and all the federal and state courts. Uh, and so, yeah, what, what we do is good for everyone. So people come to you, walk me through it. I've got an issue. Someone's yeah. trying to foreclose on me. What do I do? Yeah, you come to courtroom five, you sign up for a free trial, seven day trial. You can explore um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the solution we've built for you. It doesn't work for everyone. This is truly a do-it-yourself solution. Uh, and so you, you just want to make sure that you're going to be able to find what you need. But if you do, we ask you to give us four pieces of information. So what court are you in claim you're working with, your foreclosure? Um, who are the parties in your case? Uh, thirdly, what's been filed? Not everybody starts at the beginning. A lot of people start at the end, unfortunately, of their cases. So, but what's been filed? Tell us where you are in the case. And then fourth, what are the underlying facts that got you into court in the first place, right? And again, no human being looks at any of this information. This is just for you to help you organize the case and get properly situated. Once we get that information, our artificial intelligence crunches the numbers, if you will, and points you to the precise information you need based on where you are and what's happened uh, in your case so that you can you know, get your footing, figure out what might be good next steps for you. We then walk you through uh, three huge steps. I don't want to oversimplify them. There's a lot of work here. Mm -hmm. First, there's a legal analysis of your case. We've built tools to help you connect the legal elements. That is what must be proven in your specific case, right? We help you connect those things in the law to the facts and the evidence in your case. So you get a bird's eye view of your case, the way a judge would see it. Right. And obviously that changes throughout the progress of your case. But secondly, then we take you to our legal research tool, sort of like a Westlaw or a LexisNexis, if you've heard of those uh, tools that lawyers use. You then go and understand the law based on where you are in your case right then. 
what might a judge be looking at and be persuaded by in the law. So we help you understand what to look for and how to understand what you're reading, right? Once you've got that footing, we then walk you through the document that you need to file at that step in the case. It may be a motion to dismiss the claim. It may be some evidence you need to collect in a process called discovery. We've got all of those instruments there. We walk you step-by-step step through filing the right document with all of that information you've collected. And you end up with a PDF with all of the legalities on it. And it's already got your signature and you know the court and all of that information. You can download a PDF. We've got filing instructions for your court if it allows electronic filing. And you go ahead and file that. And in that way, iteratively, we walk you through every step of your case from beginning to end. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's more of a uh, process rather than just a just a um, yeah. a piece of software. And uh, there's a training embedded throughout. So um, there's there's a lot of learning uh, involved, but uh, we kind of take them through the process. This is just, I mean, there's so much value to be unlocked in process innovation. Right, and so I'm just, I'm really excited about what you're doing. Obviously, you don't just go, oh, it's an ABC. You push the button, and the silver <laughs> thing pops out. Right, it's a, it takes a bunch of information. Right, like a lot of the stuff in the world is like product innovation is what we notice. Yeah. This is, but the process innovation is where there's just so much value and so much injustice. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And I have to tell you, we've we've done really well. Uh, we've served almost three thousand people to date. Uh, and, you know, where most people in this situation, being in court without a lawyer, lose their cases quickly and badly, uh, we've had seven out of 10 either get a settlement that's favorable to them or win, outright win their cases using our platform. So we're really, really excited about that. It's not the end of the story. Um, technology can take people a long way, but we really have a place as well for lawyers to serve our customers on a different way than they're used to. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking over their entire cases and you know sucking their savings dry, life savings dry, we allow uh, and, and encourage lawyers to serve our customers on a piecemeal basis. Right? It's a different sort of relationship between a lawyer and client. We've got educated clients handling their own litigation and lawyers can help them, whether coaching or helping them find that right case to support their positions, maybe even ghostwriting or arguing with the judge. You know, there are lots of places for lawyers to fill in the gaps here. And so that's our next milestone uh, is helping lawyers help our customers. That's amazing. Well, I'm so grateful for the innovation that you've come up with. I think this is just a huge, huge gap, obviously, that people didn't even see in the market, right? People are yeah. And so, uh, and then to, to bring people along and educate them about what their rights are and how they can do this is like, sounds fascinating. I hope I never have to use it. Yes. But, yes. And I'm, I'm really thinking to myself, I like, I have to make something up and figure out how to get, <laughs> get behind the paywall and check it out. Um, so for those who are listening, how can they reach you? Uh, we are at courtroom5, that's the number 5.com. Uh, there is a contact link in the footer on every page. Uh, and so absolutely reach out to us uh, that way. Great. And so for those who are in the CEO community as activators, anyone who's an activator, get in there, write a check, become an investor uh, in this company, and please spread the word to those that um, are looking for this kind of service. This is just a huge opportunity and please amplify online. And thank you so much for being with us today, you two. Thank you so much, Thank Vicki. You. We are so grateful for CEO uh, and being a U.S. venture just made our year. Absolutely. Most likely our decade. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to the Shio.world podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women at Shio.world.